Thank you for tuning in to this week's message. For more information on Praise Chapel Christian Fellowship and how to get connected, follow us on Instagram at PraiseChapelCF. We hope you enjoy today's message. Find the story in Acts 6 and Acts 7. This is where it reads about Stephen. But at this time, when this was written, this, uh, the church was quite young, but it was growing rapidly. This is a time of the early church. And uh, on the day of Pentecost, we read uh, in Acts 2 that 3,000 souls were added to the small band of Jesus' disciples. And later on in, in chapter 4, another 5,000 people heard and believed. Uh, 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 Jewish authorities uh, were hoping to stifle the new movement, responding by arresting Peter and John and Brandon them before the council. Uh, Peter and John were courageous and they refused to stop preaching. Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, preached a powerful sermon to the members of the council, and that's in chapter 4. And church leaders prayed for courage to proclaim the gospel in the face of opposition. But here we get to this point, and the church is young, the church is growing. How many know the church got a lot of needs, a lot of stuff going on, and I pray we can relate to this today. So here there's a concern here in our text is the administration of financial support for widows and for some of the other needy people. And so they're, they're saying, hey, you know what? We need to free our time up because we've got to preach. We've got to do it. We've got to give our time to the word of God. But we need people, regular, just homegrown people that God has won to the Lord and had these one-on-one -on -one encounters with God. We need these people, amen, to, to begin to rise up, amen, and take over some of these responsibilities in order to keep the church moving and healthy and doing the right thing, right? And so then we get to the life of Stephen. And by all appearances, Stephen, uh, you know, I love this guy because he was the guy in the early church who got chosen to be a deacon, right? A, a de that would be somebody, just a, a person of, of, of uh, just a man of God or, you know, or a woman of God here today. It would be somebody of that nature. They don't really have a major title in the church, but they are they are trusted member of the church to do the right thing and got the Holy Ghost living inside their life. And so here, by all, he was just a guy in the early church who got chosen to be a deacon whose main task was serving food. So in other words, they picked this guy to work in the kitchen. He was going to be a kitchen worker. He was, he was the one that's going to be helping feed the elderly and feeding the widows. And, we look, and as we look closer, he's also the man that we read about that preaches the longest recorded sermon in the book of Acts and goes on to have a miracle ministry of great signs and wonders because the scripture says that, hey, this guy goes on to do signs and wonders. And so Stephen was just a normal guy. He wasn't an apostle or a prophet, pastor, evangelist, or a teacher. He was a deacon. He's a helper. He's just serving the church any way he can. He was one of the seven men who were of good reputation, full of the Holy Spirit and wisdom, as the scripture says, who were chosen to serve in the feeding of the widows in the church. And the truth is, when you read about this guy, anyone here today can be a Stephen. Anyone here today can be a Stephen. You may not be here and you may not be called to be an Apostle Paul. You may not be called to be some great pastor one day or some great world-renowned evangelist or somebody that's got all kinds of followers and all, the, you know, all over social media and stuff like that. But you know what the reality is? You can be a Stephen. You can be a Stephen. Listen, the scripture says, and they chose Stephen, and here, here's the kicker, a man full of faith and of the Holy Spirit. 
So there's two things. You might be here today and say, man, I'm trying to, I know God's got a calling on my life. I got a purpose on my life. I got something that God wants to do with my life. Well, listen, here's two things that Stephen possessed and the reason that he was chosen is number one, he had faith and he, and he was full of the Holy Spirit. That's the, that's the kicker right here. He, he was full of faith. He was full of the Holy Spirit. It doesn't say he was a great guy. It doesn't say he was a nice guy. It doesn't say he had a, a great personality. It says he was full of faith and he was full of the Holy Spirit. And what is stunning was Stephen wasn't even trying to get into ministry. He wasn't even looking for that. He was just one of those random guys that was in the church. And the, and the apostles saw that and said, man, this guy's got faith. He's got the Holy Spirit. Get that guy. Amen. He needs to do something for God. He wasn't even and looking for it, amen, I think probably, amen, most of the time, amen, God brings things to us when you're not even looking for it. When you're not even looking for it, you're not even knocking on no doors. It's just like you're just a man and woman of faith, a man and woman filled with the Holy Spirit. And, and, and so he, they call him out. He's just a guy in the church who had been doing what he heard the apostles teach. That's all he was doing. He's like, what are you doing? I just, I just obey what, what, what the, the, the apostles were teaching and, 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 and delivering the message, and I was, I was getting a hold of it, and I was having an encounter with God. Amen. And all of a sudden, amen, things start happening. Hallelujah. Right? He had strong faith. He got filled with the Holy Spirit at some point, and then we know this in this place. God begins doing what he will always do with men and women who have faith and invite the Holy Spirit in. And when you do that, folks, he begins to transform you. Transformation takes place. When you, begin to, when, when you begin to allow God to do. Uh, there's an article that was written in Charisma called The Ten Crucial Works of the Holy Spirit. And this is great just to kind of think about. You know that the Holy Spirit is working in your life. Because when the Holy Spirit is working in your life, the, the, number one they write, they say it, you ex, your life exalts Jesus. Your life exalts Jesus. Holy Spirit convicts us of sin. Holy Spirit regenerates us. Holy Spirit lives in us. It seals us. It guides us. It prompts us to worship and empowers us for witness and enables us to understand Scripture and it gives life to our mortal bodies. Right? Did you hear that? And for those things, and are those things happening in your life? Is the question. Because if not, you got to ask yourself, man, you know what? If those things are not happening in my life, then I've got to ask, man, you know, what's going on, man? Am I really fully filled with the Holy Spirit? Because the Holy Spirit is not something you have to earn, it's a gift you just have to receive. You don't have to earn it, it's, it's a gift you just have to receive. God wants to give it to you here this morning. Stephen was a regular guy in the church who was full of faith, full of the Holy Spirit, and that should be the goal of every person in this place. If that's not the goal, you're going to find yourself in your walk with God like on a treadmill, burning a lot of energy and getting nowhere. Right? And these two things is all you need to be used by God. Faith and fullness of the Holy Spirit. And I can't help but stress to you today the importance of being full of the Holy Spirit, finding out what it is and how, how that works and what it means to your walk with Jesus. Amen. You don't got to be scared. It's not some creepy, I mean, there are a lot of creepy spirits out there, but the Holy Spirit is not creepy. The Holy Spirit is not weird. It's given by God to help you. Right? The Holy Spirit has a job description. You will find it all through the scriptures. You know, through the power of the Holy Spirit, believers are saved, filled, sealed, sanctified. 
The Holy Spirit reveals, God, uh, reveals God's thoughts, teaches and guides believers into all truth, including knowledge of what is to come. The Holy Spirit also helps Christians in their weakness and intercedes for them. We see in the very beginning of the book of Acts, in Acts chapter 1, verse 8, where the Bible says that Jesus said, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit uh, ha has come upon you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and all Judea, Samaria, and all the ends of the earth. So this is the very beginning. And so Jesus was imparting into the disciples, hey, you know what? You can't do anything without the, the gift of the Holy Spirit. And so he's saying, yeah, you'll receive power. You'll, th this will come and you'll be a witness and all over the earth. You'll do great things for God if you receive the Holy Spirit. And so what you see is Stephen is a product of that kind of preaching uh, because he he, he, he received that teaching from the disciples, and all of a sudden he's like, I've got it. I've received the gift of the Holy Spirit, and so I, I, I don't need a, some title or some big stamp on my back to tell me who I am. I'm just, I've just got the power of the Holy Spirit. I'm full of faith. God is moving in my life. And then they said, hey, you right there, we got something for you to do. Because you're full of faith and full of of the Holy Spirit. Secondly, Stephen was a regular church member that had a deep foundation in the Word. This is very important because it's very tough to find regular church members. You have your life group leaders, Bible study leaders, Bible teachers in the church. You have those people in the church that, hey, they're expected to know the word of God, pastors, evangelists, you know, because that's what they do. But the regular members in the church, it's very tough to find regular members in the church that could say, I know my word. Regular members. Members that don't have... They're not, they're not on the platform, but they know their word. They're not there. So, so listen, listen, listen what Acts says. Remember, folks, who we're talking about here, Stephen. Acts chapter 6, 9 and 10, the Bible says, Then some of those who belonged to the synagogue of the freedmen, as it was called, and of the Cyrenians and of the Alexandrians and those from Cilicia and Asia, rose up and disputed with Stephen. Now, think about it. They're disputing with the guy that's working in the kitchen. They disputed with Stephen, but they could not withstand the wisdom and the spirit with which he was speaking. Remember, this is not a trained Pharisee, this is not a lawyer, this is a normal dude in the early church, a helper in the kitchen. He was asked because he was full of the Holy Spirit, he was full of faith to help the ministry out because nobody was taking care of the elders and feeding the needy. He was asked to do that because he was full of faith and full of the Holy Spirit, amen. And they come out there and they, they, they try to, you know, he has a run-in here with his theology and, and, and he's accused of speaking against God, Moses, uh, the law of the temple. Uh, but Stephen, you know what? He doesn't back down. Why? Because Stephen knows his word. He doesn't get on. Uh, hold on. Let me text pastor real quick. 
You know, you know, look what happens. They disputed with Stephen, but were not able to resist the wisdom and the spirit by which he spoke. So what does that mean? Number one, wisdom means that he knew what he was talking about. The spirit means he was a guy that was full of the Holy Spirit. So there's things here that he had going in his life. See, when they can't argue with him, and so what happens, the story goes, they basically frame him for speaking blasphemy by getting people to lie about him. And so the high priest here hears the accusations against Stephen, and he asks him, you know, uh, if you get into chapter 7, they'll say, well, are these things so? And Stephen, you know, this is the amazing thing. Stephen answers this question. So they, they ask him, are these things so? Is this true what you're saying? And Stephen goes on for 50 verses. 50 verses, a complete narrative theology of Israel's history and calling. When you read chapter 7 of the book of Acts and you realize that that was Stephen's sermon, that he's talking about, basically you can read scripture and not even realize, like, hold on, uh, Stephen never stopped talking. He's going for 50 verses. He tells them more about themselves than what they even know. He, he's going for 50 verses on the complete uh, history here uh, uh, of Israel and their calling. And so he's speaking to the difficult leaders of Judaism in the day that he makes the claim that, that they have misunderstood the role of Israel and the people of God and the redemptive history. He's talking about that. He's telling the leaders of Judaism that uh, you have misunderstood who God made us to be in this world. He's telling them stuff like that. Uh, he's telling them you become obsessed with national identity and you forgot the divine mission. I mean, he's speaking some hard stuff. Amen. And this is what Jesus was actually talking about in Matthew chapter 23, verse 13, when Jesus said, But woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for you shut the kingdom of heaven in people's faces, uh, for you neither enter yourselves nor allow those who would enter to go in. And so this is what he's talking about here. And so, and so Stephen, amen, not only is he one that he's full of faith and he's full of the fullness of the Holy Spirit, amen, but let me tell you something. He wasn't your average guy that was working the kitchen and feeding the needy and feeding the elderly, amen. When they try to trip him up on something, amen, he knew his word. Amen. He knew what he was talking about. Ain't nobody was going to, he wasn't going to get deceived for nothing. He knew what he was talking about. And you know the thing too that you got to realize about Stephen that every disciple in the church should grab hold of this man and what he did he had the courage to declare what he believed and he didn't back down from speaking the truth Sometimes folks the truth can be hard to tell people and we hold back on that Listen listen to what he says and he was very blunt in Acts chapter 7 Verses 51 through 53. Listen to this. He rises up. Stephen says these words. He says, you stiff-necked people. That's heavy, huh? He says, you stiff-necked people, uncircumcised in heart and ears. He says, you always resist the Holy Spirit. As your fathers did, so do you. Which of the prophets did your fathers not persecute? And they killed those who announced beforehand the coming of the righteous one, whom you have now betrayed and murdered. You who received the law as delivered by angels and did not keep it. 
In other words, Stephen is so compelling in his presentation, he's so straightforward, they kill him. They killed him, right? Remember Stephen? That's what, we're talking about the same Stephen that got martyred. They killed him. How ironic that while the apostles have turned over the daily duties of the church to some deacons so they can pray and study, yet one of these kitchen helpers crafts a three-point message that so penetrates the darkness of the religious heresy, and they kill him. I'm going to tell you something that, that, that really struck me, and I've been thinking about the church. I said, man, you know what? The early church, there is no question. You have a powerful church when you've got guys and girls alike like Stephen that can lay it down like they did. When, 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 you, got, when you got Stevens in the church that can lay it down, and it's not just like, hey, oh, that's the, the, the layer, the leadership layer of the church. But when you got people that are rising up within the church that can say, man, you know what, I, Stephen, I'm just a kitchen worker. I've been called upon because I'm full of faith, full of the Holy Spirit. I'm doing whatever they ask me to do. My job, amen, is to feed the needy, to make sure the elderly are taken care of. And uh, you know what, man, I'm just, I'm just doing what God has told me to do. He, God put me in this position. The apostles appointed me here. And so I'm just doing what I'm called to do. And uh, you know what, I, I ain't going to stop it, man. I'm living a life for, for an audience of one. Jesus is watching me every step of the way. I, it doesn't matter, amen, what people think. I'm going to tell the truth. I'm going to do what I got to do. Amen. And God's going to use my life. See, there ain't the thundering proclamations of some powerful Old Testament prophet we're talking about here. These are the words of the kitchen helper from the local Christian Bible study. Amen. These are the, this is the guy that's just kind of randomly just here. Nobody knows him. Not a big shot. Amen. But you know what? People recognize people that are full of faith and full of the Holy Spirit. Do you realize what kind of courage that had to require for Stephen to do what he did? Because you know why? Stephen knew full well. He knew full well that these people did to the last man who had the courage to expose their hypocrisy and lies. He knew. He said, man, this is going to put me like six feet under. This, is gonna, this ain't going to be cool at all. I mean, I, mean, I mean, how many of you would have stepped to the plate? You know, one of the greatest concerns that I think uh, I have and anybody should have is how, how, how few people today have the courage to speak the truth because they're so worried about being liked, right? They're so worried about being liked, worried about offending somebody, worried about people liking it, worried about being in the in circle, right? Listen, listen what the scripture says in Acts chapter 7. Acts chapter 7. Verse 54 through 60. Now when they heard these things, they were engaged and they grew and they ground their teeth at him. But he, but he full of the Holy Spirit, talking about Stephen, gazed into heaven and saw the glory of God. And Jesus standing at the right hand of God and he said, Behold, I see the heavens open and the Son of Man standing 
at the right hand of God. But they cried out with a loud voice and stopped their ears and rushing to get, rushed together at him. They, then they cast him out of the city and stoned him. And the witnesses laid down their garments at the feet of a young man named Saul. Remember Saul who eventually becomes the Apostle Paul. Saul was in that group, folks, watching what was going on. And as they were stoning Stephen, he called out, Lord, Lord Jesus, receive my spirit. And falling to his knees, he cried out with a loud voice, Lord, do not hold this sin against them. And when they had said this, he fell asleep. It, it is so stunning, church, that after Stephen had spoken the truth and the crowd attacks to kill him, right? He speaks the truth. The crowd attacks to kill him. The Bible says these words. He says, he, forgive, he forgives them all while they're doing this. I, I, you know, I want, let that sink in for a minute. He forgives them while, while he's being murdered. While he's being murdered. He forgives these people. You talk about, amen, some of us in this place, you've been done wrong plenty of times and had some really bad stuff done to you and still are having a hard time forgiving. This guy was being murdered. He was being murdered and he forgives them. And if you read this story carefully, something else just really pops out these pages. After Stephen has delivered this message uh, uh, with unfailing courage, 50 verses, amen, massive sermon he delivers. And while his attackers are killing him, Stephen sees something in the spiritual, something totally amazing. And it's found in Acts chapter 7 verse 55 where the scripture says, but he full of the Holy Spirit, gazed into heaven and saw the glory of God and Jesus standing at the right hand of God. Think about it. In Stephen's vision, Jesus, he says in Stephen's vision, Jesus is standing at the right hand of the Father. In every other scripture that you read through New Testament, he's sitting at the right hand of the Father. He's sitting there. This is the only scripture. This is the only scripture where Stephen, where Jesus is standing. So it's almost like Jesus is sitting at the right hand of the Father and he sees Stephen's life. He sees what he's doing. It's kind of like he's sitting there and he sees his life and he's, he's there. And, and all of a sudden, man, what, what Stephen does brings him so excited that Jesus stands to his feet and he begins to give him. He begins to give him a standing ovation. He says, man, folks, of, of this life. In other words, Jesus said, well done, Stephen. You've modeled your life after mine. You've modeled your life after mine. Can you imagine Jesus? He says, hey, I was also full of the Holy Spirit. I was also full of the word. I also had the courage to speak the truth, the hard truth to people. And can you imagine, Jesus said, it also cost me my life. But I gladly gave it and forgave those who took it. Stephen enters glory, puts the hand up and says, well done, son. Well done. Well done. Well done. Stephen lived a life for an audience of one. To live like that, 
you got to block everything out that's around you. And you got to ask yourself, man, is my life bringing Jesus to his feet? Am I living that kind of life? Am I, is my life so pleasing to God that Jesus would stand to his feet? Well done. We're talking about the guy, folks, that was picked to feed some elderly widows in the church. That's who we're talking about. You can be a Stephen in this place. We need some Stevens in this place. Come on, give the Lord some praise in this place. What's the, what's the Holy Spirit talking to you about this morning? That maybe you need to recommit your relationship with the Holy Spirit. Deeper foundation in the word. Courage to speak the things that aren't easy, but you know you got to speak them because they're truth. Speaking the truth with love and grace. What's the Holy Spirit dealing with you about? Because I hear a lot of people, it's like, man, there's so many people looking for God to use their life in greater capacities. This guy wasn't looking for it. They found him. They found him because he was one of seven guys they picked and said, this guy is full of, full of the Holy Spirit. He's full of faith. He's good to go. Maybe you need to get a closer relationship with the Holy Spirit in this place this morning. Maybe that's what God's saying. You need to get closer to the Lord. I, I don't know about you, but... This story convicted the, such the heck out of me when, it, you know, I, I got to tell you, you know, as a pastor, the word deals with me before it deals with you. I, I release it after it deals with me. And, and the word was so, I said, man, God, for days I couldn't stop thinking. And I said, man, I'm not, I said, I, I, for days I couldn't stop thinking about this word. And I said, man, I just, I want to make sure that I'm, Lord, am I living a life that's bringing you to your feet? That's the life I want to live. That's the life I want to live. That's the life I want to live. Hallelujah. Let's all stand to our feet if we will. Every head bowed and eyes closed in reverence to the Lord in this place. All over this house, you've come here this morning. We're so glad you're with us to worship with us on this Sunday morning. We're so excited to have you all here. As the worship team joins me, I'm going to ask with every head bowed in reverence to the Lord. This was not a particularly salvation message, a message for the church, but... You might be here this morning and, and you, you have not come into a personal relationship with God. Jesus is not a religious thing that we're doing here today. We're here because we have a personal relationship with God. 
And Jesus wants that personal relationship with you. If you would open up your hearts and you let him in and, and let him do what he wants to do, not partially in, folks, but you got to let him in. The Bible says he came to seek and save that which was lost. I don't know about you, but we've all been lost. He's going after those that are lost. This is his heart. This is what he wants. The Bible says he wants no one to perish. That's not his heart. That's not who God is. He's like, man, I want to I I work in your life. I want to do something in your life. I, wanna, I, 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 wanna, I, you know, I want you to realize who I am and, and, and who he is and his character. And, 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 I mean, God wants to just move in your life if you let him. But he's got to have a relationship with you. You've got to open up your heart. The Bible says confess with your mouth, believe in your heart. You will be saved. That's the first part. Easy. You, you, you know, when you really are serious with God, you invite him into your life. But he doesn't want to just be invited in. He wants to move. He wants to move in your life. We hope you were blessed by this message. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast and share with your friends on Instagram. Remember to tag us at Praise Chapel Sia. See you next time. Have a great week.